The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart. They're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome into Babes on Broad, episode number 39. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host, Jesse Town, and we are the Babes on Broad, brought to you by Bleeding Green Nation and SB Nation. Make sure to follow our Babes socials at Babes on Broad on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook. You should also go check out our new website, which is came out just this season, um, babesonbroadpodcast.com. And now we added another platform that you can find us on, Babes on Broad, the YouTube channel. You'll be able to find all our live pregame shows there when they're live. And then also you'll be able to find them um, from earlier in the season. Everything will be right there. So you can go check it out and make sure you su- subscribe to that. You can also follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at SamWills18. And you can follow Jesse on Twitter at RunThisTown with an E13 and on Instagram at Jessica underscore town with an E. So we're trying to get the negative energy and thought of the 0-2 Eagles out of our minds. And hopefully we're trying to look ahead to some positivity this week. And we're trying to get the win and think happy thoughts against the Bengals. I don't know if I have happy thoughts. Because it's apparently Bengals Twitter, Bengals Twitter is like, oh, Joe Burrow's going to get his first win. We got the bum Eagles this week. That's sad. That's embarrassing to be but in that I, place. It's very embarrassing, but I like that they're talking crap on Twitter. Because normally that comes to bite you back in the butt, but I'm hoping. God, I hope so. So I hope it works out like that. If we lose to the Bengals, Jess, I will admit that it does make me, I kind of said it on Geo show the other day. It makes me a little bit nervous. Just the fact that like Joe Burrow does have that like winning mentality and he hasn't won in the NFL yet. So I think he's going to really come out and like try to persist his way to a win. Mm-hmm. So that makes me a little bit yeah. nervous, but. I think Joe, Joe Burrow is the real deal. Um, I do too. Uh, their offensive line is not good enough and they don't utilize their run game enough because I think, didn't he throw the ball like, 61 times against yeah, the Browns or something ridiculous. Yeah, week two, he was 37 for 61 with 316 yards and three touchdowns. There's no reason you should be throwing the ball 61 times ever. Like, I don't care I who you are. You should not be throwing the ball 61 times. Well, I was going to say so that's kind of good. Doing, but. It goes – it's good for the Eagles because if you do look at the first two games, um, they only have really – 
their only main rusher is Joe Mixon. And then their second leading rusher in both games is Joe Burrow, who has uh, 19 yards and 46. So like 62 yards, uh, the math is off a little bit, but around so not even remotely correct. It's uh, it's something with a five at the end. So 65. Yeah. There's okay, a, so to be a five 60. at the end. I said 62. Said 62. Over <laughs> <laughs> okay. Either way. 65. Either way. So okay, he has 65, 65 rushing, rushing yards. yards. He's their second leading rusher every game so far. I mean, two games. So I think that does good in the fact for the Eagles D line looking at it from that way, because essentially they only have two people they have to watch. I forget even who their other running back is who has like three carries on the season. But so that may, yeah. should make it easy for our defensive line to just watch Mixon and Burrow, right? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be – I mean, this is a week where I think every single player needs to step up. I think there's yeah. no one on this roster that gets a pass in terms of like, oh, you've been playing fine. You, you, you just keep doing what you're doing. I don't think there's a single player that I would be willing to say that to because I think every single person on this team – needs to step their game up and every single person on both sides of the ball needs to do a much better job than anything they've done. And that includes players, coaches alike, like every single person that will be out there on Sunday who has a hand in game planning, who has a hand in executing on the field, everyone needs to multiply what they've done so far, because from every which way it's been completely abysmal. And I I mean, and I even saw, earlier Brandon Graham was talking to the media the media and he said that he thought they were all going to get cursed out for their poor execution on Sunday but Jim Schwartz just kind of owned it and was like I like I effed up like this was pretty bad and this is on me and he was like I didn't expect that because I thought he was like I thought we played so badly that, that like regardless of what Jim thought he did like we just played so badly that we didn't help at all and it's true like the defensive line has has done nothing they have done a a terrible job I don't even want to get into the linebackers I can't do it and the secondary they've been okay but you know they're still letting teams put 37 points on them which like isn't acceptable no and that's one thing I feel like we repeat every week is on paper this defense is supposed to be fairly good and especially better than what it is yeah, especially the defensive line. They're supposed to be one of the top in the leagues, and then you're just not seeing anything. This is a week for them to be able to I, – I understand that it's the Bengals who are also mm-hmm. open to. Like, I get that, but sometimes you just need that to get back on track. I, I mean, two years ago, remember the Eagles were not off to a great start, and they – what game was it that they lost that they should not have lost? It was two years ago – They won against Atlanta. They lost in Tampa Bay. Carson Wentz came back and they beat the Colts. And then they lost like one the next week that was just like they they laid an egg. And they had a short week and went to um, the Meadowlands and played the New York Giants. And I know like the Giants were so bad. It was awful to watch. It was, I mean, it was, it was raining. Like it was gross, but the Eagles had a dominant victory and it didn't matter who they were playing. They needed to execute in all three phases on the field. And that's what they did. And I think this is one of those times where it is a bad football team with a bad offensive line that you, the defensive line needs to take advantage of. You need to be able to get some of those sacks in there. Some of those tackles for loss, 
make Joe Burrow uncomfortable and make him get on the move a little bit, make him throw the ball away, make him make some rookie mistakes. Yeah. Like, this is a very good opportunity for the Eagles to get, get a little bit of that confidence up and just execute the way that they should. No, and I agree with that. And they always say, you know, like a win's a win. And granted, yes, like on the stat sheet, a win's a win. But I think in order to get some of the Eagles, like the city of Philadelphia, the Eagles fans, I think to get their positivity up and their faith back up into this team, they need to have that dominant, dominant performance. Mm. Oh, here's what it was. Um, it was when they blew that lead and lost in overtime to the Titans. And then they laid the egg against Minnesota. And that week okay. they went up on a short week to the Giants. So that's, that's what it was. And that's, that's, I think where they are right now, you know, like, yeah. I totally agree with what you're saying. They don't have the time to wait until mm-hmm. week five, six, seven, to get that back on track win. You're 0-2. You got to do it right now. Yeah. And I just want to commend you real quick because you were talking and I was like, yeah, that did happen. But you were like looking at me over this virtual call. Like I should know. And I was like, no, (laughs) I couldn't tell you the scores of the games last year. My memory does not work like that. But props to you, Jess. The Eagles keep me up at night. I don't think you understand. (laughs) Like I didn't sleep Sunday night because I was replaying what happened in that Eagles game in my head. Like the Eagles affect me way more than they should like to the point where I think I might need professional help to address what goes on when the Eagles lose meanwhile I have to take game notes (laughs) during the game I can never actually fully enjoy the game I just have to take notes so I can remember what happened so we're on opposite sides of the wavelength but you know that makes it but you know what we get it done yeah I just I mean it's to the point where like Joe doesn't want to be around me after an Eagles loss because I get so grumpy Like, it impacts my entire mood. I'm such a brat after the Eagles lose. I don't want to talk to anybody, and I'm just But, dude, I think that's the Philly culture, though. Like, I mean, yours is severe, obviously, but, like, that's a lot of Philadelphia. (laughs) And, like, even me, like, I was with you after our pregame live show at your parents' house watching the game, and as soon as, like, a minute left in the game, everybody's mood was over, and I was just like, yeah, see you next week, and we left. (laughs) And, like, yeah, same time next week. Let's go. It's so nuts. So um, going into this week, a couple things that will affect it are the injury updates. So as of now, Jalen Rager's out and out for a couple weeks because he's getting surgery on his thumb. Did they, what play did that happen on? The same drive that he got like two Yeah, times? so he got hit. It was like the same drive. He got hit twice, but he stayed in. He came in and, and he finished the game, but now obviously looking back at it. So it's the same injury that Drew Brees had last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, different player, different utilization of the thumb. But just for frame of reference, Drew Brees missed five weeks. Now, Rager was also not supposed to play these first two games with his shoulder injury. So I think, you know, giving him the four to six weeks is like a challenge. Like, can I come back in three kind of thing? Now, if he is going to have the surgery, he is I think that's going to be a little different. He's having it today. Yeah. All right, so that might be a little bit different. I think he still tries to beat that timeline because I think that's the kind of kid that he is and that's the kind of mentality that he has. But at the end of the day, I would rather him be good for the long term than try to rush it for for no reason. I agree. And I think, I mean, Drew Brees kind of shocked everybody last year when he came back after five weeks because it was on his throwing hand. So it was like everybody thought it was going to majorly affect him. So Rager, that's going to be interesting to see how it affects your catching ability. I mean, you obviously need yeah. your thumbs to catch a ball, especially if he's going deep. So 
that'll be interesting. And then um, Isaac Sayamalu, he came out of the game last week, and now he's been placed on IR. So yesterday yep. they had Herbig in at left guard, and Matt Pryor was at right guard. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about our keys to the game, what we think the offense and defense should do on Sunday, and also talk about our predictions and tell you who our special guest is going to be this week on our pregame show. You are listening to The Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Babes on Broad, episode number 39. So we gave you kind of a highlight of the game, what the Bengals have been doing, the 0-2 Bengals have been doing the first two weeks. Um, what are your keys to the game, Jess? So my key to the game on offense is going to be running the football. The Cleveland Browns last week against the Bengals they ran for a total of 210 yards and three touchdowns. So between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, 210 yards, three touchdowns. Hunt averaged 8.6 yards a carry. Chubb averaged 5.6 yards per carry. The Eagles need to run the football. Run the ball. You saw how effectively they ran the ball last week. Miles Sanders had a great week, and I think he is one of the positives, as we talked about in our last episode. He's one of the positives that we've seen. And even just in one game, obviously, like, he had the one fumble, which was unfortunate, but he they gave the ball right back to him, and he had a great day. And you could also kind of see that he was – he he's learned a little bit from last year, right? Like, he, you could tell his vision was a little bit better. He seemed more comfortable running in between the tackles. He wasn't bouncing everything outside um, like he used to and, and not necessarily getting where he could have gotten in that run play. They did not have one – negative run play last week so between him and Boston Scott I think they need to emphasize the run game and emphasize the run game early um you know this team could this Bengals team could not stop the run and then you you throw in a little the other things here and there get Carson out of the pocket obviously it it needs to start with a better game plan obviously Mm -hmm. um more create more creativity not so vanilla, not so predictable, but I think the most important thing on offense is going to be to establish the run and continue to force the issue. Do not get away from it. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think running the ball is going to be a huge key to getting this win this week, but mine, I kind of went with what we just previously said in the last segment is a win's a win on the stat sheet, but I think we need more than just a win. So I think my key to kind of get the faith from the fan base back into this team is definitely going to be Carson. I think everybody's going to want to see him step it up this week. Doug should make better play calls, obviously, to utilize Carson better. But I think that Carson just needs to really improve on what he can control, and I think that's going to be a lot of – improvements in his field vision and then accuracy. Cause I think that's two things that 
people are warranted when they come at Carson in the last couple of weeks is he hasn't yeah. been as precise as he normally is. He's missing guys wide open on his left because he's forcing it to the right. So I think it's just we need to see improvement in Carson. And I think that's going to be not only just like a key to the game, but a key to getting the fan base back in to believe in the Eagles, really. On yeah, the I totally agree. Ball. I think they need to have a performance like they did in Green Bay last year. They, they started off kind of rocky. It wasn't – you weren't feeling very good. And then they went out to Green Bay, and they had a statement win. Why? Mm-hmm. They ran the ball and ran the plays that made sense. It was a great game plan against a team that was terrible against the run. Carson still had 160 yards and a couple touchdowns in there as well. But it was because it was a, a really good game plan to go in and attack the weaknesses of that defense. What do you think are the keys to the game on the defensive side of the ball, Sam? Okay, so mine, I think the defensive line needs to do better, obviously, but I think they really just need to lock down Burrow and Mixon, and I think they should be able to do that, and I think they'll be able to do it really well. So my big key and the thing that kind of makes me nervous is the fact that Burrow has, like, good receivers and tight ends. So if you look at the last or the first two games, almost every one of his weapons has at least 50 yards in each game. So that means they've really spread out the ball and that makes me mm-hmm. nervous with the secondary. So I think my key of the game is really going to have to be a lockdown secondary. And going with that, one thing we left out is um, the Eagles did call up Trevor Williams from the practice squad this week. And um, he made his 40th career start. So he's a veteran. Um, last week, or not start, but 40th career game last week when he had to come in for Darius Slay when he got the win knocked out of him. So he's technically the fifth cornerback um, on the roster, but he's mm-hmm. Slay's number one backup. So I think that will play in the key, obviously. I think it's going to be a big game for the secondary. What about you, Jess? Yeah, I think Jim Schwartz needs to step it up as much as Doug needs to. Um, his game plans have not been satisfactory, and obviously he told you that in his presser this week, but, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about different players talking to reporters after games and basically saying that the Eagles have the easiest defense to read in the entire NFL. You know exactly what they're going to do. They don't disguise anything and it's easy to attack. So I think that the best thing they can do is make it a little bit more complex. Um, you know, maybe show a little bit of blitz and then drop back into coverage or, I mean, I just think everything they do is very obvious. They need to do something that's a little bit more complex because they need to show a really good NFL defense to a rookie quarterback. Like, make him – confuse him. Make him make those rookie mistakes. I feel like the easiest thing for them to do is to step their game plan up, make it a little bit more confusing, add some complexities in there. And kind of what Jim Schwartz was saying was he made it – simple so it was less on each player but they just had to execute the complexity or the the more complex game plan he was he kind of was talking about how it would be a lot more difficult for each player to like know what they had to do but they're a bunch of NFL players they should be able to do it yeah one of the best corners in the NFL and Darius Slay I mean I, I don't think there's any reason why your defense and some of these guys that you have out there, a Fletcher Cox, a Malik Jackson, a Javon Hargrave, a Brandon Graham. There's no reason why these guys can't do what they need to do to be able to stop Joe Burrow. An 0-2 rookie quarterback, there's absolutely no reason why Jim Schwartz can't 
come back with a vengeance after going 0-2 and, and do something decent for this defense to be able to get them to actually force some turnovers and, and do some of the things that they did the year they won the Super Bowl. I agree with that. So with all that being said, what's your prediction for this week? I am predicting that they are going to actually score points this week because I think all of their coordinators are going to take a hard look in the mirror um, and, and just kind of swallow their pride and, and realize that everyone needs to be better and it's, it's on everybody. Um, and I do think this is an easy enough team to put up some points on, but I still think that they are going to also put up some points. Um, I, my final score prediction is 35-31 Eagles. Okay, so I'm along the same lines, kind of. I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game just because Burrow having that many weapons and being able to really have the potential to spread it out anywhere kind of makes me nervous. So I think they're Mm -hmm. going to put up points. Um, And then I do think our run game is going to be very effective this week. I think Carson's going to be trying to get better, at least. I think we'll see a score or two out of him as well. So I'm going to say 30-27 to Eagles. So we're close. Love it. Love it. Well, that is the end of our episode for today. Thank you again for listening to episode 39 of Babes on Broad. Thank you as always to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure you're following all of our social medias and we will see you on Sunday at 1130 for Babes on Broad pregame live for week three. We'll be live on Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube as well. And we will be joined by special guests and our friend, Eagles Superman Giovanni at 12.15 will come on, show us his game day setup, what he's got going on, and obviously give us his prediction and his keys to the game. Definitely. And the which po- I will have to guess. Yeah, definitely the positivity Indeed. and the hype man we yes. need going into this yes. game. 100%. Definitely the positivity that we need because you and I were a little doom and gloom when we went on his show earlier this week and he actually, he helped. He did. He helped. We, we need his, the, all Eagles fans need his positivity. <laughs> he's, he's saving us all right now because I don't, <laughs> I don't know where I'd be without having talked to him this week. But thank you again for listening. Make sure to subscribe to all of the Bleeding Green Nation things. Follow all of Bleeding Green Nation everywhere. Follow us everywhere and make sure you're with us on Sunday as we break down the game, talk about the injuries, all that good stuff. We'll have more prop bets for you. We'll do more trivia and all that fun stuff. And we'll be joined by Giovanni. But until then, we are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. We will talk to you on Sunday. Babes on Broad.